Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans teaching. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, Pastor Crossway Church here in Queen City, Texas. We're excited that you found us on YouTube. In case you're watching us in any other avenue, our YouTube channel is Curtis Hutchinson 316. And our, you can watch uh, also all of our services here at Crossway Church live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. And you can also be my friend on Facebook at Curtis Hutchinson. Our website is thecrosswaychurch.com. There you can also watch the services live. But we do uh, a teaching on Galatians presently ongoing Friday mornings live every Friday morning at 9 a.m. And you can watch that on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com or my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. And uh, uh, But all the recordings, all the teachings and worship services that we do are always uploaded to my YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. So avail yourself to all of that. And God's Word, as it is in truth, is taught here at Crossway Church. We do not have Christ and Him crucified on our sign or have some declaration that we preach Christ and Him crucified. And then when it comes time to open the Bible, we do something different. No, we are coming to the realization and learning right now the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, is comforting us as He teaches us that Genesis through Revelation, all the way through the Bible, it is uh, God's covenant mentioned. It's, it's the focus is Jesus Christ one day would come, and for us He has come, the Lamb of God, to take away the sin of the world. And not just to get us in the kingdom, but to operate once we're in the kingdom, it's by that same faith that saved us, the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us. Hallelujah. I'm excited today to be sharing the word. I believe this is session number 15 already, and, and we're just now somewhere around verse 15 or 16 in chapter 1. So again, avail yourself to the other teachings on Romans uh, chapter 1, and again, this is session 15, and so much has been said, and I know that if you are looking for the truth that's in God's Word. God's Word is truth, but the question is, are you finding the truth of God's Word that's there? Not just reading it, not just saying it, but the truth of God's Word is the revealing of Jesus Christ who is our truth. That's why he would say in John 5 and 39, you search the Scriptures, in them you think you have life, but they are they which testify of me. If we're not finding Jesus in the Scriptures, then we'll never know how they relate to us because as children of God, we are in Him. Hallelujah. So let's jump right in today. And I encourage you to grab your Bibles even if you can, even while we're uh, going along in this teaching session. And uh, in the last few sessions, we see verses 9 through uh, 13, Paul saying that I long to be with you. I'm praying that God would give me a prosperous journey uh, by the will of God to get to you, that I might impart a spiritual gift unto you. And he says, that is that our, and I like that in verse 12, that is that I may be comfortable with you also by the mutual faith, both of you and me. And when the word 
faith is used there, that means there has to be a word of God that comes because faith cannot come and comfort and faith cannot be unified unless it comes by hearing the word of God. Amen. Romans 10, 17. And then, and, and then he says, I wouldn't have you ignorant, brethren, that oft I've been trying to get to you, but I've been withstood. I've been hindered. But I, but I want to get there so I might have some fruit among you also as even other Gentiles. He's had fruit among other Gentiles. And that's in verse 13. And he says in verse 14, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. Paul says, I, I have a debt to the lost. And that is, I have a debt. I need to get to them. I need I have a purpose among them. Watch what he goes on to confirm what he's saying to verify what he's meaning by this. He says, so as much as is in me, in verse 15, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Now, let's talk about this for a second because a lot of times in uh, the, the, the scripture, 1 Corinthians 1.18, that says for the preaching of the cross, which is the gospel, for the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is the power of God to us who are saved. And a lot of times I think the church thinks that it is it, it was the power of God to us to get us saved, but Paul is writing to an already saved, already filled with the Spirit church. And he's telling, if I'm going to, I'm trying to get to you, I've been being withstood and the devil and, and f- the flesh and the everything will come against you if you're trying to get anywhere to literally just preach the gospel. That's the way it is. Everything's going to come against you if you're trying to preach the gospel. These preachers that get in the pulpit and say, man, God kept me up all night or or the devil resisted me all night or to try to keep me from bringing you this message and they get up and they they use God's word out of its righteous context, the devil didn't resist them. The devil tried to do what he could to get them there, to continue down their vein of seduction, their avenue of deceitfully deceiving being deceitfully deceived because the only resistance by the enemy or the flesh is against those who have their faith in and are attempting to preach the gospel which is the message of the cross Christ in him crucified and Paul here is writing to an already saved people saying if I could just get there (coughs) I want to impart a spiritual gift to you that we both might be comforted by mutual faith, that I might have fruit among you because I'm a debtor. A debtor to do what? To preach the gospel. Therefore, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Hallelujah. He says, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are at Rome also, already saved. Guess what? I need the gospel every day. Why is that? Because the preaching of the cross is the power of God to the lost to be saved, to the saved to live saved. Glory to God. And we have to, listen, You listen. I made the same mistake that millions have made. I heard somebody like me, I heard some preacher preaching the cross, and I'm like, why are they preaching that? I'm further along than that. That's what got me in, but I've moved on since then. No, you don't move on without taking up that cross, that same cross that saved you, faith in the death of Jesus, hallelujah, not some tree of wooden beam, faith in the death of Jesus, the sacrificial work there provided for you, an innocent, fully obedient man unto death, dying on the cross for you so that you could be forgiven, delivered, justified, and live a life after 
and sanctified and learn to possess your vessel in sanctification and honor. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb. So we need, as children of God, the message of the cross. That is the message. That is the voice that is speaking from heaven. Hebrews 12, 24 and 25 talks about Jesus being the mediator of the new covenant and and we better not be refusing the one that speaks from heaven. Oh, do you see how it's all tied together? Listen, the voice that drew you to God was the voice of truth that, that reminded you that God loves you. Jeremiah 31 and 3, that God drew us by his loving kindness. Hallelujah. But Ephesians 2.13, he made us near. He drew us with that message of love about Christ and what he did at Calvary, but he wasn't able to bring us near until we placed our faith in what God did to prove his love for us, the giving of his son. And Ephesians 2.13 says we were brought nigh. We were made near, brought near to God, placed in Christ, hallelujah, through our faith in that. So the same faith that saved you is the only faith that works, and that's the faith of the Son of God that loved you and gave himself for you. So Paul can't wait to get there. Listen, this is an amazing revelation. Many preachers in these last days are going to throw down their diplomas. They're going to throw down all the things that have had them tied to man, and they're going to just once again begin to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. And those that don't, they're going to continue to walk in the darkness. They're walking in and calling it light. Listen, we see that. They don't see that. We see that. Paul saw that about the Judaizers. Paul saw that about the the, the legalists and the, the Judaizers of that day. And when Peter jumped up in Galatians 2 to run back and join the ranks of those... Paul called him out, stood him straight up and rebuked him face to face. Thank God there are preachers today who love ministers and the congregations all over the world, the saints of God, enough to tell them you're going the wrong way. We still have to have the message of the cross or we're just preaching flesh. And if I'm preaching flesh by preaching law, then I'm giving the people nothing to put their faith in but flesh, but law that makes flesh work and we serve sin under law. The only thing that can happen under law as we serve sin and flesh corrupts. Glory to God. I'm glad to know that today. Many in these last days are going to throw down their denominational titles. They're going to throw down their doctorate and PhDs and all their stuff and they're going to come back to God's stuff. Hallelujah. They're going to quit using psychology and man's wisdom to make it sound like we really needed the degrees. We really needed the titles. The only title I need is Christian. Christian. The only covering I need is the blood of Jesus. The only calling I need is of God. And I've been equipped and enabled and he'll equip you and enable you and count you faithful for the work of the ministry. If you'll just let all that go, how do I let it go? By just clinging to the cross. My friend, you're not clinging to Calvary if you think you still need all that stuff. You're not clinging to Calvary. You might say you are, but you're not clinging to that work of the cross if you're still saying that you need a little bit of psychology. You need your degrees. Listen, I would never be hired as a preacher. We're past those days. What God and today is beyond us ever being hired and becoming hireling and ministers. The Bible says God speaks through the prophet Jeremiah that God will raise up pastors. 
And they will remove dis, uh, fear, dismay, and lack. There's only one thing that removes fear, dismay, and lack, and that is the perfect love of God manifest at the cross. It is the message for the children of God today. Hallelujah. It is the power of God to us who are saved. And I can't wait every time I open God's Word to share His command, which is the covenant. Glory to God. Did you know that? that God's covenant is not an option, it's a command, it's an option. You you have an option to obey or or disobey, but you will be found obeying the truth or you will be disobedient. And the only way we obey the truth is not by finding a scripture to do. The only way that we're considered as obedient to the truth is by keeping our faith in the cross. You need to read Galatians and find out how God ministered through the Apostle Paul and said, who is it that bewitched? you that caused you to quit obeying the truth. Hallelujah. That means they'd move the object of their faith from the sacrifice of Christ now to circumcision or to this or to that like all the new fads and all the things that sweep through the the winds of doctrine that blow through the church and because our faith is not anchored in the cross and it's all about what Christ did at at Calvary, then we'll just jump on this bandwagon and jump on that bandwagon. And listen, that's why at one time when we're in any of that other stuff, we'll despise and look down on those priests preaching the cross and we'll look down on those people singing the hymns of old that are all about the redemptive blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm glad I came back. Hallelujah. I'm glad the Lord brought me back. Glorious God, I'm thankful to know that the preaching of the cross is the power and the wisdom of God. Let's talk about this for a second. Psalms 105 Verse 8. Let's turn over there. While we, I didn't really expect to do this, but let's do this. Psalms 105. Here it is. Verse 8. He has remembered his covenant. We're talking about God here. Has remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. The covenant, my friend, Jesus said the new covenant is in his blood. It's not an option. It's a command. Jesus is called the captain of our salvation. He doesn't show up and says, Curtis, do you want to do A or B or C? You choose. No, God says, Curtis, this is what you'll do. God gives commands. The captain of our salvation, Jesus Christ, he gives commands. What is the command? It's the covenant. It's the covenant. Let me read it again. Psalms 105 verse 8. He has remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. When God showed up in the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve had fallen into sin, fallen away from God by believing a lie, they had disobeyed the command. What was the command? You are free to eat off all the trees in the garden, but don't eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. Command. God's word is not an option. God's words are not options. The only option is if you'll obey it or not. But it's a command. God's word is a command. Let me read it one more time before we move on. God has remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. The message of the cross, my friend, is not an option. It's a command. And in the command resides the power of God 
Jesus said, no man can take my life from me because I have power to lay it down and to take it up again because I have this commandment of my Father. You see, the power of God resides in the commandment. And the commandment is the covenant. Jesus, even Jesus being obedient unto death, it was just that. It was being obedient to a command unto death. Hallelujah. Becoming the captain of our salvation, humbled himself mm, and became obedient even unto the death, his death on the cross. And that was obedient to a command. And, and what he was obeying, the command he was obeying was the climax of the covenant that he would lay his life down for the sins of humanity, that he, by the grace of God, Hebrews 2.9, would taste death for all men. Hallelujah. And in that commandment, in the obedience unto death, under the obedience unto that commandment was the climax of the covenant. God's command of the covenant right there before our eyes. Jesus, the Son of the living God, the Lamb of God, tasting death for you and me was the command of God's covenant. And it flowed right through the Son of God. He had the command to come and die. You and I have the command to believe in Him and forever live and have abundant life. And if we refuse, we perish. Think about that. This is why Paul is so desirous and cannot wait and he's praying without ceasing and wanting the church in Rome to pray for him. Not so he could get there and be seen of them and, and be applauded and rewarded, but that he might have fruit among them as he'd had other Gentiles. And he reveals how this fruit can come only through preaching of the gospel. Only through the gospel. Let's look over at Colossians, why don't we, this morning as we're talking now about fruit. Uh, we're just kind of listening to the Holy Ghost this morning. Watch this in, in, I'm sorry, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 3. We'll start there. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. Write that down, highlight that in your Bibles. You cannot separate any of those things. Let me read it again. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. The word of God is the truth of God and it's always in the context of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How do I know that? Because in Proverbs 8 and 8, for one confirmation, God says all the words of his mouth are in righteousness and there is no righteousness outside of Christ and his sacrifice. Amen. Think about that. And Jesus says in another place that you search the scriptures for in them you think you have life, but they are they which testify of me. Think about that. All of the words that God has ever spoken, our entire Bible, the whole word of God is in righteousness. That means it's through Christ, through the eyes of God looks through the sacrifice of His Son to be able to deal with the Old Testament saints 
to, eat, to be able to deal with the New Testament saints, it's always through the blood. In Hebrews 1 and 1 and 2, the Bible says, in times past, in various ways, in diverse manners, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He's spoken to us by His Son. And Hebrews 12 and 24 reveal that it's the blood of Christ that speaks. So the Word of God must always be seen through the blood, through the sacrifice, or we're going to have it misinterpreted. We're going to be holding it in an unrighteous context where in Romans chapter 1, 2 or 3 verses ahead uh, on down the road from where we are today, you're going to see that those who hold God's Word in an unrighteous context, He's opposing them. He's opposing them, their ministries and all their endeavors. When, they're, when you're using God's Word out of its righteous context, God is against that because He won't allow it. Look back at Cain. He wouldn't have it. Look at Stephen, Look at the, the two boys of Eli that offered strange fire. He wouldn't have it. Look at the man who thought he was doing a good deed by keeping the ark from falling off the cart. It was out of the order of God. God wouldn't have it. God won't have it. God won't work in the best you and I can do. He works in truth and he only works in truth. Psalms 33, 4 says the, the, the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. You and I have to have the truth of God's Word revealed to us and by faith believe it in that context or the Holy Spirit of truth is not going to work in our lives. So watch this, Colossians. Let's keep reading here. As you, let me see, which is coming to you as it is in all the world and brings forth fruit, this is Colossians 1, 6, which is coming to you as it is in all the world. What's coming to them? The, the Word of the truth of the Gospel which is coming to you as it is in all the world and brings forth fruit as it does also in you since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. The grace of God is only found through the truth. Truth is Jesus and what He did at Calvary. Truth is God's Word, but only in the context of righteousness. That means only in the context of who Christ is and what He did at Calvary. You need to highlight these verses in Colossians chapter 1. It's the word of the truth of the gospel when believed that brought forth fruit into our lives and allowed us to realize we had a hope laid up in heaven for us and we begin to experience the fruit of the Holy Spirit because we found the revealed grace of God in the truth. The grace of God only exists in the truth. Why is that? Because the grace of God is God at work, God doing something in our lives. We can't do it for ourselves. We don't deserve to have done. We can't pay for it and earn it. And it's only found in truth. Why? Because it's what God does. And God only does what He does in truth. Hallelujah. So when we come back to Calvary, when we come back, we let go of the purpose driven. We let go of the words we speak and our faith being in them. We let go of all the things we've placed our faith in and we come back humbly broken to the cross, to the place where we keep our faith, where we deny ourselves, take our cross up daily and follow Christ. Then we'll begin to have the Word of God in truth again in its righteous context and then 
then we'll experience God working again in our lives and we will know it for sure and have the assurance of that and we won't live in fear anymore. We won't have to fake it till we make it. We won't have to pretend. It can be a real relationship with God. And a lot of people think they have that because the other spirits and the false Jesuses that Paul said there would be other Jesuses, there would be other spirits, there would even be false gospels. And those false things produce power behind them that can deceive us and make us think we're walking with God and right in tune with God. But I'm telling you, those that love the Word, those that love the truth, He is going to bring them out. And it's happening as we speak. I be one of them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Back to Romans chapter 1. Paul says that he is ready to preach the gospel to those folks that are in Rome also. He's writing to them. They're already saved. They need the gospel. And he says in verse 16, and let me give you a little bit of teaching this morning. Every time you see the word F-O-R at the beginning of a verse, that means because. And also, don't ever forget that the Bible wasn't really written in chapter and verse. It was written in letter form. The chapter and verses were placed there so you and I could uh, separate and remember where we are and, and go back to easier than, than what we do. But listen to me. He says this. He's ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also because I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Think about that. I can't wait to get there among you and have fruit among you because I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why does he even have to say that? Because there are some who have been pulled away. Let me, let me clarify that. You're only pulled away through the own, your own lust, fleshly lusts. Nobody has the power to put a rope around your neck and drag you into their deception. They come and they offer it and you choose to go. You choose to stop clinging to the cross for the sake of what's going on in the majority or, or for what's popular or for the sake of having minister friends or for the sake of popularity or for the sake of a job, a paycheck, retirement, whatever. You've got to let those things go if they're keeping you from putting your faith in the cross because the Bible doesn't say there, Jesus doesn't teach us, that we have to deny them to take up our cross. It's about denying ourselves of what they're offering. Taking up our cross. And we know that it's a biblical denial of self if it results in our faith being in Calvary. Think about that. The manifestation that your denial of self is biblical and according to truth is that the result is now you've come back to the cross. Your faith is in the cross. Listen, taking up our cross, our cross is not cancer, bankruptcy, bad things. Our cross is the same cross Christ died on for us. It's the same death. He died for us. We were crucified with Him. It's that place we never move our faith. Yes, we get saved by faith in the cross of Christ and we move on taking that cross up daily to be able to follow Christ or we don't follow Him. We do not follow Christ without faith in the cross. Think about how many millions, millions are out there and 90-something percent of all preachers right now are not following Christ. They get up and quote the scripture. They use it out of its righteous context and they think they're following Christ and they're crying out to God, why aren't the people listening to me, God? Because he, they're not listening to him. You've got to quit calling this message 
that it belongs to this pastor or that pastor. It, it does not. It doesn't even belong to Paul. It belongs to the spirit of truth. It's biblical. It's the word of God. You got to quit giving. Well, I'm not coming back to, I'm not, I'm not going to preach that. They're, listen, this ain't about you having your own personal message and revelation from revelation that's different from everything else everybody else has got. You better get in tune. God in His Word tells us, commands us to speak the same thing, to have words seasoned with grace, hallelujah, for us to be in the unity of the faith of the Son of God, hallelujah. And the only way we can do that is if we stop being ashamed of the gospel. We say we're not, but we are if we don't preach it. We say we're not ashamed of it, but we are if we don't preach it. You gotta let what these other ministers think of you go, preacher. You gotta let what mom and daddy think of you go. Paul would stand and rebuke Peter face to face in front of the legalizers, in front of everybody there that day. And we have to learn to stand in this liberty. And this liberty is faith in Christ and Him crucified. And until you're willing to value God's word, Higher than you value me and you cannot walk and live in the fear of the Lord. The Bible says in the fear of the Lord is a strong confidence. And there we find our deliverance from the snares of death. A fountain of life and a deliverance from the snare of death. That's Proverbs 14, 26, and 27. And do you see how they're connected to the cross? Because Jesus became our fountain of life as he shed his blood for us. And there at the cross we were delivered from the trap, the snare of death. And only through faith in Him and what He did there can our confidence be strong. And the Bible says, in the fear of the Lord is a strong confidence. But there is totally the opposite from the fear of the Lord is the fear of man. And fear is a value we place on something. We revere something. We place a value on something. And if our faith is in Christ and what He did at Calvary, because there we value God rightly so. We see His measure of grace and love and mercy and loving kindness and, and power and wisdom and sanctification and justification. And everything God is pouring out, He pours it as we look to Calvary and live. And if we look to there and we see the scriptures in the light of that, then we will have the fear of the Lord. We will walk in the fear of the Lord and the fear of man will not dominate, control, and keep us out of God's order. We need to hear this today. We need to understand that we have to preach the gospel. I don't care who says it's old hat. I don't care who says that, it, that that's an old time message. It, listen, the old time message is the only message God has ever or will ever continue to preach among His people and those who are lost who He wants to make His people. It's the blood of Jesus. And I'm thankful today that I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the gospel that is the power and the wisdom of God. It is the gospel that we find righteousness in as we'll see here next week when we gather. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Notice, it's only the power of God, a manifest power of God to those who believe. We're out of time, but I thank you for watching and I'm encouraged by you watching and learning and growing with us here as we as we go through things, we grow through things if our faith is in the gospel. Keep your faith in the cross, my friend, and God will reveal His truth to you. Until next time, we love you, God bless you, and stay determined.